You're listening to The Promised Church's Message of the Week. For more information about who we are, please visit us at thepromisechurch.com. So for the next nine weeks, we have nine core values. Every week, we're going to be speaking on different ones. And there's no particular order. So like we have health, we have honor, we have fun, we have generosity, we have authenticity, we have empowerment, we have creativity, we have communication, and we have honesty. And so each one of those we have a definition for, and we also have a little axiom. So that way, if we ever come and talk to you, like one of them is honesty. And if we ever need to have a conversation with you, we're going to say like, hey, can I lean in with you? Because we're going to lean into the awkward conversation because we know that at times that you have to bring correction, that you have to actually speak to somebody to bring change and transformation that God is looking for in your life. And so... These are on our website, but again, every week you're going to be hearing one of those um, from the pulpit here, from the microphone. And so the same message or the same um, subject or core value is going to be spoken of here in Longview and in Woodland at the same time. So pa- Pastor Jonathan right now is speaking on the same core value that I'm going to speak about, and that's generosity. We're going to talk about generosity today. Pastor Aaron, last week in Woodland, started the message. He talked about generosity. But inside generosity, it's such a big, big subject that we recognize that in generosity is actually stewarding, stewardship. And that alone, you could preach on for an entire year, really. And so we knew that one week of this one wasn't going to be um, enough. And so I encourage everybody to please, if you can, to go back and listen to Pastor Aaron's message last week from Woodland. It's on our website. It's on our our podcast. Um, But today, I really, really want to dive into just stewardship. So if you want to turn to uh, Romans chapter 14, we'll get there in a second, Um, but you can turn there. Um, Because stewardship in kingdom-mindedness is about your heart. We're stewarding the kingdom within us. We've been given something, we've been presented something, and we need to be aware of it, otherwise we won't steward it well. <clears throat> hey, John Paul, I, I can't get away from this, man. I, the Lord spoke to me during, during worship, man, and I know I've spoken to you before about there's like a trust in you, there's like a foundation on you that like when people meet you, that they're immediately just like, man, I trust this guy, um, I, and And what the Lord is saying is that that is a gift to you and that you've lived your life from this place of like being foundational and you've always just felt strong in the Lord and it's allowed you to take risks in your life and it's allowed you to do things outside of what other people would think. But what the Lord is saying to you now is that he's about to bring people that need to stand on that foundation on the inside of you. And he's saying you need to make room for it and you need to be ready for it because God has given you a gift and yes, it's for you, but at the same time, it's for others. Amen. Amen. Amber, is Zach in here? Awesome. Okay, well, he can hear me then. Um, I just also, like, I already came and told you guys, but again, during worship, the Lord just really put it on my heart again. Like, his face is towards you guys right now. And that, that he is very well pleased with what you guys are doing and the choices that you've made and the yes that you've said. And, we, and I know that, like, the decision and the things that you have stepped into, it took a lot of prayer, and it took a lot of you guys finally willing to take that step. And I just really feel the Lord's face shining towards you guys as a family. And so, um, Pastor Luke, we just go lay your hands on Amber. Caitlin, go lay your hands on her. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in this household, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in this family, Lord. We know that you have a plan and a purpose, Lord. And so, again, Father, I speak over Zach and Amber right now, Father. I speak that they are actually going to be mothers and fathers in this city, in this region, Lord, that they have lived here, Father, but there is more that you are pulling out from the inside of them. And so, Father, again, I just ask for more. I ask for increase on their life. I ask for favor, Father. And I just ask, Lord, that you be with them, that you speak over their children, Father, that you actually 
in the day-to-day mundane things that the Spirit of God is so evident in their lives, Lord, because of what you're doing, that the people watching and the people looking in are going to start coming and asking questions. And so, Father God, I just thank you for the witness on their life. I thank you for the power and the Spirit that you are pouring out on them. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, amen. Amen. John the Baptist, when he showed up, he came preaching and he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus gets baptized, goes into the wilderness, comes out full of the spirit and power, takes the baton from John and starts preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The word repent repentance scripturally it's actually called a gift the gift of repentance that god would actually grant us the gift the ability to change our mind to give us a new focus to give us a new perspective so no longer we have to sit there and say hey this is how it's always been or this is how it's always going to be that he actually presents this gift to us that we can take a hold of and see a new perspective, bring something and see a new light in our life and our circumstance. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You see, here's the Jewish culture, the Hebrew culture, and they're, they're waiting. They know the Messiah's coming. They're praying into it. They have prophecy. They, they have the prophets of old. They have Moses. They have everybody pointing to this day. And then here's the day, John the Baptist making a way, saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus taking it, saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Saying something's actually available right now. We've been spoken of, you've heard the word, the prophets have said something, today is the day. And if you actually can repent, if you can change the way you think, you can actually experience the kingdom of God. The reason we need repentance is because God's kingdom is at hand, it's available and within grasp. And if I don't change the way I think, I will live next to a superior kingdom, a superior reality, and never partake of, access, or participate in it. Every day we are experiencing circumstances, there are things in our life, and if we don't repent and realize that the kingdom of God is at hand, that we can actually stop and step into a new kingdom, a superior reality, and actually speak something into existence. It's for every born-again believer. We know the prayer, thy kingdom come, right? Thy will be done, where? On earth, as it is in heaven. This is what the Lord has offered us. That we can actually reach to something in heaven and call it and bring it down into our world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus then calls his disciples to himself. And he actually hands them the baton. And he tells them, go and preach the kingdom. And what does he say to them? He says, don't look here. Don't look there. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. So when we're talking about stewardship, when we're talking about the things of God, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, this is what we're talking about. That there is actually a reality and a kingdom that is made for every man, woman, and child because you're made in the image of God to carry, to steward, and to actually release on the earth. 
So that you can walk into an atmosphere, you can walk into a room in a situation and there is depression going on over somebody and you can actually come and bring the kingdom with you and the lower kingdom has to bend to the superior kingdom of God. This is why we are here. Romans 14 verse 17. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Why did he say don't look here and don't look there? Why is it within you? Because it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not the things that we see. Scripture says that the things that are seen actually come from the things that are unseen. God spoke and light was. Hebrews talks about how we know and understand that the worlds are actually held together and formed by what? The word of God. So what is happening is they, the Hebrew people, and even us at times, they were looking, they were going out, and he was saying, don't look here and don't look there. Hey, when you go out, I'm telling you, I've given you authority. Go out in my name. And they, it says scripturally, they cast out devils. They healed people in Jesus' name. They were walking in authority. But he was telling them, it's not about what you're going to see. You're going to walk into situations that don't look like God's there. That's why I'm sending you. Because the kingdom of God is within you. We've all been there. Oh, I don't like my job. I don't want to be here anymore. That place is so dark. That's why you're there. Release the kingdom. God's given you something. He's given you this gift. And if you repent and actually realize what he's called you to do, and there's something on the inside of you, you're there to change the atmosphere. When God called Abraham... To the land of Canaan, which is now Israel, the place was barren. It's in the Bible. Because it was about Abraham and his covenant with God and releasing a blessing into the earth. This is God's design and plan that man would release and reveal his kingdom on earth. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore. Every man, woman, and child is called and equipped to carry God's kingdom. Genesis 1, 26. And God said, and God said, let us make man in our image. So whose image is man in? After our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. Every one of you in here is made in his image and his likeness. Psalms 115.16. The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to man. He has put us over the works of his hands. I absolutely believe everything I do is all for his glory. I 100% believe that. In that same truth, God needs nothing. So when he formed earth, when he created earth in all its beauty and all its splendor, he made it for us. He put man in the garden. He put man on earth to subdue and have dominion and rule. So when we're talking about true stewardship... We're talking about something so much higher than just earthly possessions and earthly things. We're talking about a superior kingdom, a reality that you can press into and understand that you are God's child, that he has granted you the ability to walk with him and co-labor with him and fellowship with him. Just think about that, that we have access to almighty God. 
and we can go to him and he can talk with us and we can fellowship with him. And it, scripturally it says we're one with him. What? So if I'm going to steward well, I have to actually read the Bible and believe it. I have to actually go, this is not man's word, this is God's word. God has invited us into a place to steward the works of his hand. This is why the serpent came to them in the garden. You want to know why the enemy is in your life? Because he needs your authority. He knows what you carry. You carry the kingdom. We've been born into a war. It's a war against the kingdom. And if you make it all about yourself, you're going to go right back into selfishness and not understand that it's about God's kingdom. It's about his throne. It's about dominion. It's about the plan of God. It's about the glory of God. And it's something so much higher than just my life. Even in the Old Testament, think about this. Man is the carrier of God's kingdom. Man is the steward of what God has placed on the earth. This has been chosen from the beginning. So that even after the fall, even in sin, God still worked through man. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He picked Abram up and Sarah and said, I'll do it through you. He said when he could swear by no other, what did he say? I'll swear by myself. My covenant, Abraham, just go to sleep. I swear by myself. The point of that is to understand that even in the old covenant, even under sin, even when the authority was to the enemy, because Jesus hadn't come yet, God's mercy and his grace and his plan is still bigger than anything the enemy could do. We're born into this, guys. We're born into a kingdom. We're born into this. We got to read our word. We got to see that, like, man, I got so many crazy questions about the Old Testament. But at the same time, you have to read the word. Honestly, you got to read the word almost from this because you got to understand the resurrection. And so you have to understand Jesus and the resurrection and what was being birthed and what God was saying. We can't just look down at our own lives and be like, God, where are you? What's going on? And everything's coming against me. It's like, no, there is a plan of the enemy. But at the same time, God's mercy triumphs over judgment. And I actually take his word at his word. I believe it. I speak it over my life. I bring it into my life. And this is what allows me to repent. So that I can see a superior reality, a superior kingdom that I can walk in that I'm called to. It's time for the children of God to stand up and know who they are and start declaring some things and speaking some things. All of creation is waiting, it says. Why? Creation knows what it's doing. Creation knows it came from God. Creation knows why it's here. And creation is waiting for the sons and daughters to start speaking out of their mouth. God gave us authority. He gave us dominion. Yes, it's for his glory. Yes, I'm stewarding this. My wife, my children, my life, this church, whatever God has placed in my hand, I'm stewarding for him. I'm bringing it back to him. It's all about him. But at the same time, in that place, I have to understand that I'm a son of God and I have authority in this area and I can speak and atmosphere changes. Listen to this. Scripturally, we are called children of God. These are his words, not mine. These are God's words, not a man. The Bible says that you are the bride of Christ. The Bible says that you are the body of Christ, the embodiment of Christ, which fills all in all. It says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus a royal priesthood, a holy nation. In 2 Peter, listen, listen, it says we are partakers of his divine nature. 
and we're going to complain about our boss. I'm serious as I can about that, guys. It shows where our heart is, our intention, and we are not setting our mind on things above. Romans, very clear. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. What does that mean? It means the things of the world, if they are pressing down on you, you are being conformed by this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by reading his word, believing it, and understanding that there is a superior reality that I can grab onto even when my eye and everything about me says it's not. This is the point of Jesus every time. The first time, he's asleep in the boat. Storm comes. Hey, don't you care? (laughs) Calms the wind and the waves. And then says, why don't you have any faith? I don't know. I, yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> but what I love about it is the second time he tells them to go across, the storm comes, they're freaking out, and he's just walking on the water. What he's trying to show is that, hey, I just showed you something that I actually can calm the wind and the waves. I actually have power over this. And actually, you guys do too, because where is your faith? And you guys should have actually taken care of this. But this next time around, I'm not even going to address the wind and the waves. I'm just going to walk on top of it because I live from a superior kingdom, a superior reality, and there is heaven on earth, and there is something available that I can actually walk in. So the storm's not even worth my time. It's the same thing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're not going to address the fire. What is your fire to us? Not even going to address it. So they get thrown in the fire, and Jesus is just standing in the fire with them. The enemy is not worth our time. You, basically, this is how much time you should give the enemy. You put them in your sights, and you pull the trigger. Done. And then it's all worship and glory to God. And Lord, I just thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. And your mercies are new every day. And you're pouring out for me, Father. And I don't feel like it and I don't see it. But I know there's joy for mourning, Father. And I can rejoice in your name. And I thank you for your word. And I thank you that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And Lord, I just give you all of me. That's maturity. That's a Christian that understands that I'm walking by faith and not by sight. That's someone that understands it doesn't matter what my spouse is going through, that I am one with the Lord, and I'm actually called to love and cover her. So it's not about what she's going through and putting on me. I have the love of the Father on me. And Father, I just thank you for my spouse. I thank you that you have called us together, Lord. I cover her right now in the Spirit of God. Father, I wash her in the water of the Word. Father, I thank you, Father. She is a woman of God. They are a man of God. This is how we cover each other. We don't come and say, well, you need to go spend time with Jesus. Get yourself together. Then we'll talk. No, I need to go spend time with Jesus and cover my spouse because I'm growing up into all things. The goal of my instruction is love. I need to be more like him, and he covers me. For me to value what he values, I have to spend time with him. He says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. He said, my thoughts are as high as the heavens are from the earth. Do not be conformed to this world. Set your mind on things above. Moses said, show me your ways that I may know you. David was a man after God's own heart. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. What are we saying? What are we crying out for? What are we willing to sacrifice and give up to actually see and taste his kingdom? If he's called us into this, if we're birthed into this, he's given us all authority. He's given us dominion. He's asked us to steward and carry his kingdom. Am I willing to actually step and say, Lord, I will carry more of your kingdom? I, whatever it looks like, wherever you ask me to go, Father, I want more of you in my life. I want your kingdom to come upon this earth, Father. And so if I can carry just this much more of your kingdom, give it to me. I'll steward it well, Lord. I'll steward it well. Because the reality is, guys, we talk about revival so much. We talk about cities being transformed. Guys, I believe it. We need a move of God. If you've came to this church long enough, you understand that as leadership and pastors, I don't, we don't care about the practicality of how the service goes. If the presence of God does not come in the room, we go home. 
you have our permission. <laughs> if we're off and we're getting all technical things and the presence of God is there, go home and text us and call us later and say, what are you guys doing? Get with the presence of God. Yes, you are right. It's about him being with him being people of his presence everywhere we go. Think about this. This blows my mind. Jesus is walking through a crowd of people, it says. Just a crowd of people. Everyone's touching him. Everyone. He understands the pressure on his life. He's the only one on earth right now that is light and love. Everyone else is darkness and sin. And he's the only one. So imagine the pressure on his life. He's walking through all these people touching him. And it says the woman, the woman just reached out and touches his garment. And he goes, who touched me? So how, oh, I want to live from this place. How can I be so aware of the presence of God, so aware of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God and what he is doing in my life that no matter what is going on around me, the simplest little touch, I can go, that's where you're moving, God. What are you doing? Oh, there's something so much higher available for us, you guys. So with stewardship, again, I talked about It comes from within. It is about our heart posture to the Lord. If you're going to write one scripture down, this is the one. Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart with all diligence for all, listen, all the issues of life flow from it. Guard your heart with all diligence, for all the issues of life flow from it. This is our responsibility. It says you guard your heart. I already said Colossians, you set your mind on things above. God did his part. (laughs) He's made a way. And it's up to us to repent and recognize the way and set our mind on things above and to guard our heart. So true biblical stewardship is the posture of my heart. How am I presenting my heart to the Lord? What are we humbling ourselves to? What are we allowing into our life? Guard your heart with all diligence. There might be someone here saying, well, no, 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 hold on. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know all these things. You don't know that. So when you say guard your heart, what are you saying up there, preacher? That's just, you know, you're coming against me. And I would say, you're right. I don't know. I don't know what they did to you. But I do know one thing. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so what I can tell you is you did not guard your heart because I can hear unforgiveness and bitterness coming out of you. And I'm sorry. And there's forgiveness, and there's repentance, and God is amazing, and he wants to come in and show his goodness. So when we're talking about guarding your heart, it is not you completely shutting yourself down to everything and everyone and having this bunker mentality system that covers your heart. That is not what I'm talking about. You guard your heart to not allow envy, jealousy, hatred, anger, unforgiveness, and bitterness, and doubt, and unbelief in. You don't allow these things in by meditating on his word. You have to meditate on life. Set your mind on things above. Do not be conformed to this world. I've heard it said like this. You can't change your heart. God won't change your mind. But if you change your thoughts, God will change your heart. I'll say it again. You can't change your heart. God won't change your mind. But if you change your thoughts, he will change your heart. Philippians 4.8, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything, oh, listen, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He said he's going to lead and guide us in all truth. He's written it in his word. He is not a God that is up there and just left us alone. He is very 
evident in our lives. He is working every day in our lives. The Spirit of God is crying out. It says, always that we are children of God. Galatians and Romans. Think about that. It, that's the one thing it says that the Spirit of God is crying out at all times. That you are a child of God. That's what he, he could be saying a lot of things. He's God. But the one thing it says that he is always saying is that you're a child. You're a child. You're my child. You're my child. You've came from me. You came from me. The kingdom's in you. The kingdom's in you. The kingdom's within you. I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. I've sent my son. I've delivered you out of darkness. I've given you my word. I've sent my spirit. Go. Believe. Go. Believe. This is our father encouraging us. To guard our hearts fully, again, it takes repentance. It takes humility. We have to shake off that word repentance like it's some bad, evil thing. It's a gift from God. Without it, we would have been lost in our sins, alienated, and enemies of wicked works in our mind till the end of eternity. But God is greater than darkness. So he presents this gift of repentance because he knows what man can do. And I grab a hold of the gift and I bring it in and I say, thank you, Jesus, because I can see something different now. Repentance is amazing. I am so thankful for repentance. So humility allows me to take my heart and actually bring it to the Lord. So when he speaks these things over me, when he's wooing me, when he's directing me, when he's leading me, when he's wanting to talk to me about areas in my life, I bring my heart to him. This is me guarding my heart. I bring it out for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because I know he, anything that he's going to do to that thing is only for my benefit. I guard my heart with all diligence, as in my heart is only reserved for one. It's him. I come to him, and I say, Lord, correct me. Lord, change me. Lord, I, oh, Lord, I messed up again. I, I, I raised my voice. I got frustrated with my kids last night. Father, I am sorry. I do not want to be like that. Father, help me. Change me. Grow me. These are gifts. My children are gifts from you. They are little carriers. They are your image. They are your likeness, Father, and I need to see them in that light. So, Father, I repent right now. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear. This is how we guard our heart. This is how we don't allow bitterness and things in. I understand there's going to be times in your life where people really wrong you. But we can't use that as an excuse to walk out on people or the church because Jesus was wrong more than anybody else and he still shows up. We have to go higher because what we need to understand is if that person, whoever wronged me, if they were actually filled with the Holy Spirit and understanding what they walked in, they would not have done that. Therefore, I can forgive them. They do not know what they're doing, Lord. And that's how I guard my heart. I used to really not like correction. Just growing up, you know, pruning, correction, chastisement. Oh, man. But now walking with the Lord and understanding, and honestly through repentance, I found that scripturally it says he chastens those he loves. So now I have joy when he comes to me and says, hey, I want to talk to you about something. You love me. It actually establishes my heart and my identity and his love even more when he brings the correction. He says, he who is a son or a daughter, he corrects. So if we repent and we actually change the way we think, if we actually read the word, we understand that, oh, you're bringing correction right now, Father, for my own sake. You're bringing correction because you are growing me up into all things. You're bringing me correction because you actually want me to be more like you. So, Father, I welcome it. I thank you for your love and grace. Totally different 
then I'm scared. Oh, gosh, I did the wrong thing. Oh, I need to bring seven doves and two bulls, and we're going to sacrifice these, and Lord, forgive me. Totally different thing. Because now I understand that there's going to be continual correction, continual pruning, because he's a good father, and he's growing me up into all things. And he's walking with me. I want him. And I'm willing. I want to be like him. And so the, it says the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, deciphering between joints and marrow, spirit and soul. So the word actually brings correction to us. We actually go to the word to get these things pruned off of us to be more like him. That's the whole point of this. The whole goal of our instruction is love. Be like him. And so what the word does, imagine Jesus standing in front of me right here, and his word is a sword, it says. So he stands in front of me. He actually places his sword right here on my heart, and he's standing right there. And there's a sword now between us, and the sword is right on my heart. And then he says, come here. That's what the word does. But I look in his eyes, and I understand I want to be like you. I want to be so change me, and I will step in to the cut of his word. I will step in because I know it's going to cut on the way in, but on the way out, it's going to heal. It's going to bring grace. It's going to bring glory. It's going to allow me to see something different, and I'm going to come out of that in a new way. It takes humility. I felt like real quick I should share. um, There's been times where the Lord has really worked on my heart. And one of them was, I remember I would look at people and I would judge them based on their outward appearance. And the Holy Spirit really started working on me. But I didn't just leave it with that. So what I decided to do is anytime that I would look at somebody and judge them, and I don't know them from anybody, just if there was a judgment in my heart, I forced myself to go and talk to them, and I forced myself to compliment them on something. I had a lot of awkward conversations, you guys. But through that, because like I said, I want my heart so tender to him that I don't miss one ounce of grace that he has for my life. And so I am willing to look like a fool. I am willing that if nobody else is saying yes, I am willing to go because I've tasted and I've seen his goodness on my life. And I want to be like him. Another thing that I, that I do, gosh, it seems regularly because I need to grow is if at any time I have a conversation with someone and you guys all know what I'm about to talk about and you leave that conversation and you feel that little thing in your heart like, man, I kind of dishonored them in a little way. And it could be the slightest little nudge. I call that person. I don't wait till tomorrow. I don't wait to see them in person. I immediately deal with it again because I want my heart tender towards God. I want to be like him. He's offered me something so much higher than this life could have given me. In him is my life now. And there's most of the time I called them and I'm like, hey man, I just really want to say I'm sorry. Like I, I kind of dishonored you. And most of the time they're like, what are you talking about? And they have no idea what I'm talking about because it's not for them. It's for me. It's for my heart. I need my heart clean. I need my heart in a posture that I can hear him at any moment. It talks about the still, small voice. And if I don't keep my heart tender, I will miss his voice. If I'm not aware of him, I will miss his voice. And he's called and asked me to steward his kingdom and to steward his life and to carry his name and all authority. And I have to be so ready and present and aware of him like a dove on my shoulder that at any moment I can hear his voice and speak. I don't want to miss him. There's life on the line. 
I don't want to walk by someone that is going home to kill themselves and the Lord said, I can encourage them right there. Life is hanging in the balance. So we're talking about stewardship and we're talking about what God has given us. He's given us life. He's given us his kingdom. He's given us his name. He's given us his authority. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his word. And we actually get to carry this and steward it well. This is not about our possessions and earthly things of that nature. There's plenty of podcasts, books, and people you can read about how stewarding your stuff in this world, and none of them know God. Last scripture. He who is faithful faithful with little will be faithful with much too many times we've heard that spoken like it's a test it is not a test it is a promise from your heavenly father that if you can get your heart right if you can repent and he can trust you with the little he knows that he can trust you with more got to stop reading into the Lord as if he's testing us. He is a good father and he has brought us in and he is wanting us to steward. He is not setting us up to fail. Will you stand? and a city actually transformed it's going to start with you it's going to start with every individual in here stewarding your heart guarding your heart setting your mind on things above being with him daily so that you are actually willing to bring the sacrifice perspective right now that you soften all the hearts in here and you drop your word in Father I thank you for what we've been given just start saying yes to him right now in your heart Lord we say yes right now We say yes in advance. We say yes in faith, Lord. We say yes to what you're going to ask us to do. We say yes, Father, to the sacrifices that you're going to ask us to do, Father. We say yes right now in advance. We say yes. We want more of you. We want your presence. We want your spirit, Lord. We want to see people transformed by the gospel. Do it here, Lord. Do it here. Fall upon a people, Lord. Fall upon a people. Thank you, Jesus. I think this ties right into our Kingdom Builders offering, and here's why. We're stepping out in faith with the things that the Lord has asked us to do with the Kingdom Builders. This is us stepping out in faith and saying yes to the Lord. 
like I've said already, as leadership, we don't even fully know what it looks like with any of these. We're just being obedient to Him. I can promise you already that something on there is going to require more of my time from my family. And I've already said yes to it. Because I can't just be selfish and just think it's about me and my family. I can't value my marriage over somebody else's. I can't value my children over somebody else's. Everybody is an image bearer of God. And so what we're going to do is there's going to be a bucket on that stairs. There's going to be a bucket on this step. And as we sing and worship, I just want everyone to posture your heart. Ask the Lord what you need to cut out of your life. Ask the Lord what you, you already know. Let's be honest. You already know the things that God has been asking you. It's time to give it to him. It's time to lay it at his feet. It's time to pick up our cross and walk. And so the buckets will be there. And I just want to, if, if you and your family have an offering, I just want it to be a time of prayer and worship where we are so in love with Jesus. We are so thankful for what he's done and what he's going to do. And so for the next, honestly, 10, 15 minutes, this, we're just going to worship. We're going to be thankful for him. And we're going to open our hearts and our minds to see what he is wanting to do here. Not just as a church, individually in your life, in your marriage let's go let's worship him again you guys are just welcome to come forward and just drop your offering in there pray with your family let's just worship and let's give it to him
gift of repentance is in the room right now. And I feel like there's people in here that feel like they can't be forgiven or maybe they've never even spoke out loud and they feel they've been trying to hold things in. It says, confess your sins one to another and he is faithful to forgive you. So right now, if that's you, just go ahead and just confess it out of your mouth. You don't even have to say it. The gift of repentance is in the room. The Lord is waiting to pour out his goodness on you. He has forgiveness and mercy and kindness that is waiting to be poured out once you just open your heart. Just open your heart to him right now. It's as simple as saying, Father, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take this unforgiveness out of me. Take this root of bitterness and pull, pull it out of me, Lord. 
Help me to see with your eyes. Help me to see with your perspective and your love and your mercy, Father. I need your grace on my life right now. It's available. It's available. Just take it. Just take it. Just tell him you need him. Cry out to him. And allow everything to be washed. Let him wash you. Let him wash you. Let him clean you. I promise you, you will walk out of these doors clean. You will walk out of these doors pure. You will walk out of these doors light and easy. Just open your heart and your mouth to him. Let him come in. Please. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you. Who cares about what someone thinks about you right now? This is about your heart. This is about your heart. Keep your heart soft. Keep your heart tender towards him. Please, please, please cry out to him.